Welcome to another inspirational message by Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Beaumont, Texas. For more information about Church on the Rock and Ron Hammonds Ministries, visit cotr.com. Welcome tonight to Wednesday night at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock. We are concluding in the book of Revelation our three-part study on the revelation of Jesus Christ. And tonight we're going to be covering chapters 4 through 22. Uh, now that's a lot of chapters uh, to cover, so you know uh, we're going to have to run pretty fast here. Uh, but you're going to get a picture of the book of Revelation. In fact, I believe that we are going to get Revelation on Revelation. Let's pray and ask God's grace to be upon us now. Join with me, won't you? Father, it's in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord, to, to so, Lord, uh, uh, saturate our minds, Lord, and God, speak to us by your Spirit, Lord, and help us to understand, Lord, things that men have, have often peered into, Lord, and not understood correctly. Lord, grant us grace, Lord, that we might see you in the book of Revelation. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may remember the three major divisions we talked about in this revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus told John. I want you to write basically three different things. Number one, I want you to write what you see. Write what, what is confirmed. Write the truth. And, of course, the first chapter tells us that truth, that Jesus is the beginning and the end. He is the king of all kings, and he has washed us in his own blood. He's made us kings and priests, and he has the keys of death and hell. This is the truth. John saw that, and John wrote that. He was also obedient to write the things which are, the things which were ongoing in the days of John. John was not in the tribulation, and neither are we. We are exactly in this point, in this division of history, uh, in this division of the world where John was. We are in the church age, and John wrote to the seven churches in Asia. You may remember we talked about how they made a little circuit and we brought a map up and talked about, you know, how John was close to them and they knew him and how he was, you know, speaking into that church, whether through uh, a messenger, a, a pastor, perhaps a church leader, as he speaks into homes and families uh, through through uh, parents, through fathers, perhaps, and, and parents, the heads of the household, how he speaks into communities through leaders in the community, how he speaks through nations, you know, uh, even though Jesus is all in all, he is in charge of everything, he still speaks through the leadership. And whether speaking to a literal angel or to the pastor, the oglis of the church, uh, that is who the message went through to the church. There is a message coming through me tonight to the church as a pastor. God has given me a message. He's given me revelation on revelation, and it's coming through me to you. And so it's important we realize that God still does that same thing today. And in writing to the churches, the Apostle John, writing the things which are, which we still see today, we're still in that are period, the things which are, uh, uh, John wrote that every church, indeed every family, every business, every, everything that uh, even though it's put in God's hands, in this case each church, 
had some things that were, you know, doing great and some things that perhaps they needed to pay more attention to. But the message to each church was he that overcomes. Uh, you know, you can do better. You can do this and keep your ears open to what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. Well, tonight we begin chapter 4 through chapter 22. And uh, this is, you know, uh, um, what is considered to be that part of the book of Revelation that, that many people just absolutely have no idea what it means. Tonight we're going to encapsulate it and you're going to see what God is trying to accomplish. The book of Revelation is a book and a story of redemption. Remember how we have talked in the past about the only way to accurately interpret the Bible is in light of redemption, that every scripture must be interpreted with other scriptures in light of the one story that God is telling. What is the story of the Bible? From Genesis all the way through Revelation, it is the story of a good God that loves the world and loves mankind and is doing his best to redeem them. Well, the book of Revelation is no different. The book of Revelation is a story of redemption. I know that you could imagine, well, it's an apocalyptic story of judgment. Well, judgment has always been in the Bible. In the Old Testament, we see judgment on sinners. When we get to the New Testament, the New Testament separates the sinner from the sin. There's still judgment on sin, but not on someone who has been saved from that sin. Jesus, in the New Testament, takes the sin of every person and he buries it in the grave. Literally, what we could not do in the flesh, Jesus Christ coming in the flesh, the Son of God in the flesh, destroyed sin, and we no longer, those of us who have yielded and surrendered our life to Christ, we no longer are under the penalty of sin. Now, as we move along here in the book of Revelation, and indeed as we move along in this parenthetical moment between Genesis 3 and the end of Revelation of God dealing with sin, we can see that God's intent is still to redeem mankind through it all. You know, Holiness is something that we don't fully understand in our mortal uh, understanding. You know, in our limited uh, ability to fathom holiness, we still can't see it. Holiness and purity and, you know, even love is hard for us to fathom. Not the, you know, not the love that we have uh, man to man, but this love that God has for us. It is very difficult to imagine that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son on the cross of Calvary to, to save people or for the chance of saving people that don't know him, don't love him, and for many people who despise him and will always despise him. But yet God loves them. We don't understand this kind of love. We don't understand this holiness. We don't understand this purity. But yet we see God is completely unwilling he loves us so much, but his holiness, his purity, his love, he is completely unwilling or perhaps, you know, I don't know everything, perhaps he is unable by some measure to allow unholiness, 
wickedness, evil, sin, idolatry, hatred, wrath, sedition. Perhaps he is unable to allow worry, anxiety, fear, frustration, turmoil. Maybe he is unable, he is at least completely unwilling to allow pain, sickness, and death into the next new world. That's why we see the book of Revelation. Because God has done everything he can do from the book of Genesis through the Old Testament with prophets, with the patriarchs bringing the word, bringing the message, with angels visiting and with judges being raised up and with kings ruling uh, you know, uh, in, in God's favor. God did everything he could in the Old Testament, giving the law through Moses and encouraging people to, to, to give their lives to him through Noah, through you know, so many. And then in the New Testament, through his own son and through uh, the, the disciples and the apostles and through uh, the apostle Paul and now in our day through preachers and teachers and churches and ministries and missionaries all over the world you know, from billboards to, to, uh, you know, to um, um, FM and AM radio stations to the internet field, Facebook, you know, uh, Instagram field with encouragement to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Right now, I'm going out all over the world, right here on a Wednesday night, with, with, with one message, the message from Genesis to Revelation, get right with God, give your life to God, let Him separate you, sinner, from your sin, and let Him deal with the sin through the death of Jesus Christ and not have to judge the sinner. It's the same message. God has been doing it for 6,000 years. And we come to the book of Revelation, chapter 4 through chapter 22, and God knowing the days are short, God understanding that there's only another seven years, and God will then be no longer willing to separate sin from sinners. The book of Revelation is his determination to do everything he can. A loving, caring God. A Father doing everything He can to offer opportunity, to correct, to rebuke, to chastise, to encourage everything He can to get people to repent and just accept Jesus. Just surrender their lives and to, to be forgiven. <laughs> you know, accept my forgiveness and be born again and, and, and come and have an eternity with me. God is unwilling, maybe unable, but at least unwilling to let any sin, any sinner, any sickness, any disease, any worry, any pain, God is unwilling to let the carnal nature of man into the next world not one devil and not one sinner into the next world because if he does it will contaminate that new world and it will make that world just like this world ultimately we would end up with the same thing we have here sickness and death and pain and worry and and and, and wrath and and fighting and, and god is not going to have that he's not so his commitment here in the book of Revelation, as we, as, 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 as we read through all of the, uh, if you read from chapter 4 to chapter 22, 
you'll see so many things. A lot of things you'll see are in groups of seven. You know, there are seven seals and seven trumpets and seven personages and seven vials and or bowls and uh, seven dooms and then seven new things. I mean, we, we, we can read the end of the church age is going to come. But suffice it to say that the book of Revelation is, is, is God's you know, last-ditch effort during the tribulation, during the great tribulation, to bring mankind to their knees and surrender. I am amazed at the resilience of obstinate sinners. Aren't you? When you read through the book of Revelation, aren't you amazed at the resilience of an obstinate sinner who would go through all of this chastisement from a loving, caring father. And that's what it is. God rebukes and God corrects every son whom he loves. He loves the whole world. And he is trying his best to get them to turn their lives over to him, to, to be forgiven of sin and to be born again. Now, uh, we know that in the great tribulation and, and uh, so many things will happen. And after the great tribulation, you know, uh, 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 there will be a new heaven and a new earth. But when does this tribulation begin? At what point begins? You know, John was told to write the things which you see, the things which are, and the things which will happen after this. Well, we know that it begins with chapter 4 because the very first words in chapter 4 is, After this I looked and I saw an open door in heaven. It's all about this open door. The book of Revelation from, from 4 to 22, there is still an open door. You know, from 4 all the way through about 19 and uh, uh, 20, there's still an open door in heaven. But the, the tribulation does not begin until uh, this Thessalonian marker happens. Listen, listen to, uh, it, 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 to what it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day, talking about the day of the tribulation, that day will not come unless... The falling away comes first. Now, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, study on this falling away. Does it literally mean a falling away uh, of, of, of believers, or does it mean a catching away? It can mean a catching away. I happen to believe it means a catching away uh, first. Um, and then the, the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, and uh, uh, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Uh, many people imagine that until the Antichrist is revealed, until uh, you know, people see him, then, then uh, you know, the tribulation won't begin. Uh, I, I believe that as well. But there, there's, there's a point, uh, you know, at, what, at what point is the church taken away? Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a pan-tribulationist, okay? When it happens, it'll all pan out, okay? I am hoping and trusting God for the pre-tribulation that the church will be gone before the tribulation, but it will be marked uh, as well by a fulfillment of 1 Thessalonians 4, 14 through 17, which talks about this last trumpet of God sounding. Well, uh, let me read to you in the in the. Uh, the sixth chapter of the book of Revelation, uh, talking about the sixth seal, just to get an idea of what we're talking about here, uh, about this book being and its intent being a book of redemption, a story of redemption. Verse 12, the sixth seal is being opened. John uh, uh, um, recording what, uh, what is being said. I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth 
of hair. And the moon became like blood. Now, many people have wondered, what is this? Well, the people that are seeing it will not wonder. It's written to a people. It's written to a time. It's been confusing to generation after generation after generation because they're not in this moment. But the people that are in this moment will not be confused. The people that the word is written to, when, when it begins to unfold for them in that time, they won't be confused. They will know exactly what this is. And uh, it, it continues in verse 13. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it's rolled up and every mountain and island was moved out of its place and the kings of the earth and great men and rich men, the commanders, uh, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of God. For the great day of his wrath has come, who is able to stand. That sounds like a pretty bad day. It sounds like pretty desperate people. But yet, guess what? As we continue in this account, we find in Revelation Chapter 9 and verse 21, after all of this trouble, even after mankind, they were killed with plagues. And, you know, what does it say? Yet they did not repent. What a horrible testimony that you could go through all of this. But as an obstinate sinner, you could go through all of this trouble and still not repent. You know, it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. But God's severity and his extreme measures during this active period of God judging sin and people unwilling to separate themselves from the sin, they will fall under this great power of the tribulation. You can, you can read the book of Revelation and see what God, the links he goes to, all in hopes that people will be born again. All in hopes that a man might see that he needs God. That recognize that he needs a Savior without recognizing that I need a Savior. I will not be saved. This is the tragedy of the closing of this book. You know, there will come, I believe shortly, a rapture of the church, the beginning of a tribulation. There will come three and a half years of tribulation. Then things will begin to get worse. You know, at that midpoint in Revelation, many people believe in that mid-trib rapture. I believe there will be a harvest of the earth in that mid-trib in the three and a half years into the tribulation before the great tribulation begins. And when the great tribulation begins, men will experience the judgment of God on sin. But his hope is that men would separate themselves from sin. Today, let me encourage you, if you are going through trouble, trial, tribulation, testings, trials, you know, one of the things you want to do is to make sure you are right with God. It's the message from Genesis to Revelation. Get right with God. 
God in the New Testament has separated sin from sinners. Let him separate you from your sin. Recognize you need a Savior. You don't want to get to the point to where there's great tribulation in your life because of the nature of sin to destroy and kill. Separate yourself from the sin. Give your sin to Jesus. Give your life to him. He will forgive you and save you. This is what the book of Revelation is about. It's the culmination of God's redemptive story and shows us the extreme measures that a loving God is willing to go to to see people surrender. Surrender their lives because God is unwilling, perhaps unable, to allow sinners into the next new heaven and earth. We don't want to end up like this again. God is unwilling to end up like this again. His holiness will not allow it. He has made us promises. Those promises are contained in those last two chapters of a new city, of a new Jerusalem, of a bride adorned for her husband coming down out of heaven, of this great battle that Jesus will lead, how he will end up defeating the devil, that serpent, that old dragon. And he will be bound forever and sin, death, hell, and the grave, along with Satan and his angels, will be cast into a lake of fire, along with all those who refuse to repent and call upon Jesus for the salvation that comes only through his name. There's a loving God, and the door is still open. The very last verse in the book of Revelation says this, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. You see, that's what God wants. He just wants His grace in your life. The grace of salvation, the grace of His goodness, that you would let His light shine through you in the midst of this crooked and dark and perverse generation. As I said, God is unwilling to let this happen in the next world. And he's provided redemption. Get saved. And if you are saved, stop sin in your life. Okay? Because sin will not be allowed to continue peacefully with God. Separate yourself from sin through Christ. And then live a righteous life.